Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It was just taking a leap. I didn't do a lot of research. It was a leap of faith. And I think there's something useful to learn in that too. I mean, obviously there are stakes, there's fear. We never are going to feel totally comfortable about these things. Everyone knows that. But I think sometimes you just have to dive in and say, F it, I'm going to go for it. And remind yourself that no matter what happens, you can handle it because you can. That's Colette Jane Fair, my guest today, a licensed marriage and family therapist, mental health counselor and relationship coach, public speaker and soon to be published author. But as is the case with most of my bucket list careers guests, she started her professional journey on a different path. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 127. I'm Krista Laurie. And for Colette, a native New Yorker living in Orlando, Florida, there were a few aha moments in her journey that we dig into today. Some pivotal decisions stemmed in part from circumstances in her personal life and first marriage, self-realizations that led her to change course. And instead of sticking with corporate PR, marketing, and sales where she started out, she went back to school to dedicate her career to helping people improve communication and create more securely attached, connected relationships with their partners. We talk about how Colette built her successful couples therapy practice over the past 10 years, what makes it singular. She also shares with us what she believes is critical to achieving your purpose career-wise and evolving your professional self to that sweet spot of crafting meaningful work that can also be monetized. All right, let's listen. Hi, Colette. Welcome to Bucket List Careers. It's so fun to have you on the podcast. I am so happy to be here and especially with you because of our connection. (laughs) You and I are both beaming here. I wish people could see it. And it's funny, right off the bat, I feel like we have to get my listeners up to speed on our background and how this all came to be. You and I went to high school together many moons ago. We don't need to get into the year. (laughs) And I've always been a fan of you for so many reasons, your energy, your intelligence. And I just think it's kismet that we're doing this. And then we were recently reconnected on social media because of this podcast when we realized you were right for the show. And then we had that awesome lunch not too long ago, a week and a half ago, when I happened to be in Orlando, where you live, for a fencing tournament with Kira. And I I just have to say, I love how this podcast fosters connections like this. Yes, it was so much fun to reunite with you. And it really felt like no time had passed. I think those old friendships, those childhood connections have a lasting value that transcends time. And it was like, I mean, I hadn't seen you in 30 years and it was like not a day had gone by. It's pretty amazing. So let's dive in. You obviously have crafted your bucket list career as a couples therapist after pivoting more than a decade ago. We want to talk about why and and how what you're doing lights you up. We're going to unpack that, of course. But let's begin with the rewind so you can walk us through your evolution, the aha moments, your mindset behind your changes in these different stages so we can learn from it. In your past work life, as you call it, you worked in PR, marketing and sales at different places, ranging from Calvin Klein to pharmaceuticals and even a large architecture firm. So let's begin with what initially attracted you to that space? 
Yeah, it sounds so eclectic and random when you string it all together. The genesis for me is that I wanted to be a writer. That was really my burning childhood dream. I grew up digesting and tearing through Nancy Drews at mock speed, and I just couldn't get my hands on enough books. And I always dreamed of being a novelist and writing for a travel magazine. So that was the path I originally pursued. I don't think I did my research on all the nitty gritty details about how you enter that career. And when I tried to go into the magazine business as an editorial assistant, I found that I couldn't get the job without knowing how to type. (laughs) They would not hire me because I typed about 19 words a minute, which is kind of embarrassing to admit. I'm not sure I'm much faster (laughs) now. (laughs) But it's all thumbs now. It's a different world. (laughs) Exactly. That I'm good at. That I'm good at. So I was crushed initially right out of college when I worked all these internships to go into the magazine business as a writer. I learned in this first interview that the path wasn't going to work out for me. But that's where I first got feedback that the woman at, it was Condé Nast Traveler actually. And I went in there just shaking in my boots and so excited with my writing portfolio. And she said, this is all great, but you can't type. And as an editorial assistant, I don't know if you thought you were going to come in here and be like headlining the magazine, but that's not how it works. (laughs) And she said, you should take your writing skill and you have a really warm, outgoing personality and go into the sales side of things. And I had never thought about that. I was kind of terrified of sales. I didn't even really know what that meant. But I started to pursue that. And my first job was as a marketing coordinator for another magazine. So it was kind of by accident, really. Yeah. Let's take it from when you were starting to feel, this isn't working for me and I need a change. Yeah. So I relocated to Florida and that also dictated some of my actual jobs and career choices. I always felt as I was in these sales and marketing jobs that there were aspects I enjoyed, but something was missing from a meaning standpoint. I can remember working on marketing for hotels and feeling like this just doesn't, sorry, hotels matter to me. (laughs) It's fair to say this is not for me. It could be for so many others, but narrowing down, right? And getting to that point where the lens shows you what's working for you and what's not. It's not a criticism of an industry. It's really not. It just wasn't for me because I didn't feel engaged on that purposeful level. Mm -hmm. And I slowly started to realize that what lights me up, I mean, I think I always realized this on a personal level, but I slowly started to realize on a professional level that connecting with people, helping people, that's really what matters to me. And I wanted to move more in that direction. To some degree, relocating to Florida also dictated my actual job choices by necessity, but I was still in that sales and marketing field. And while there were aspects that I enjoyed, it started to feel like something was missing to me. I knew that on a personal level, I really loved to be around people, but I started to realize that that helping people was my true passion professionally as well. And I knew Mm -hmm. what that was going to look like, but I started to realize I wanted to move in that direction. Let's get a little personal too, because you did tell me before we started recording in our prep sessions that when you moved to Florida for your husband's job, you say you created a life that was as perfect as you'd imagine from the outside looking in. And the word perfect is so complicated and (laughs) multi-layered, right? And is it real? But that perfection 
you admitted to me, and I appreciate you opening up, wasn't authentic. And that was sort of a big moment for you and a realization for you that was not only a personal one, but led to professional change. So give us a little insight into what was going on there. Yeah, no, I so appreciate that question because it's a huge part of my trajectory. So I had married my college sweetheart and moved to Florida for his job, as you mentioned, shortly into my career, truly, because we got married very young and I had kids very young. I made the decision to stay home with my kids. That is truly the biggest and most rewarding job there is, but that also didn't feel quite right to me. I missed having something else, but I hadn't had a job that mattered enough to me. I was in this place of, I want more, but I don't know what that more is. And then at the same time, my marriage, while it looked really good, I didn't know how to be in an adult, healthy relationship. Mm. And I could feel the cracks beneath this perfect surface marriage and life that I longed for something that wasn't there, a deeper level of connection. And after my first daughter was born, I had a real terrible time in labor. She didn't breathe. I didn't breathe. We both almost died. It was really traumatic. And that was the first time in the aftermath of that thank you where I really needed my husband emotionally. I let myself need my husband emotionally and he wasn't there for me. And he may have been trying in his own way, but I did not feel held or heard or seen. And that is when I realized that a surface marriage also wasn't enough for me and that if something didn't change, we weren't going to make it. Well, that's honest. And I know that's not an easy place to get to, to come to that realization. I know that you actually did also go to couples therapy, which was a pivotal thing for you because when you decided to seek out the counseling, you found that the therapist just wasn't doing his or her job, that this person wasn't properly trained to work with couples. And that did more harm than good, you told me. And this sparked something in you as far as working towards a professional reset and that something good could come from what you called a painful journey. Yes. Thank you so much for that question because this is so important to me. Had I not gone to couples therapy, I probably would not be where I am now. And I like to think of it that I didn't really choose couples therapy. It chose me. Oh, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really true. I think I played this role in my family, the kind of the peacekeeper and the mediator for a long time as a child before my own parents got divorced. And then it never occurred to me that could be a viable career path. Fast forward many years, my marriage is flailing, and my ex-husband and I go to couples therapy. The therapist was not well-trained, in my humble opinion, and really intervened in a way that was more harmful than helpful. I didn't know what I didn't know, so I just could feel that something was wrong. And I'm not blaming the demise of the marriage or the fact that we got divorced on this therapist, of course, but just that I came out of the process feeling more hurt and harmed then helped and heard, and it it didn't feel like a safe process. So that's when the idea took hold that this is a really important job. You are potentially affecting the course of people's whole lives. Nothing is more important to people than their relationships. What if this is something that I could do and I could really make sure I do it really well and take such good care of people and help those who want to keep their marriage together? Not that's not the path for everyone. 
Of course, of course. So you went back to school. I mean, this really sounds like a calling at that point for you. Let's talk about what you feel needed to be done differently, what you wanted to deliver to those couples that you want to help over the years now, how your practice stands out today. Yeah. So I think that I wanted everyone who comes into my office to feel as though their perspective is valued and validated and honored and that I really get their experience in the relationship because people are in a lot of pain. And with couples, unlike anything else in this world, there is no objective reality. There are two subjective truths that live side by side. So I really want to honor both of those perspectives with great care and then try to help people move toward where gently, without shaming, help them move toward what they might be doing that they don't realize they're doing that is keeping them stuck and blocking them from the connection they want. Because most people experience the problem in their marriage in terms of what you're doing to me right? My partner's doing this. My partner's the problem, even if they know intellectually that we're not supposed to think that way. And my job is really to help people get focused back on what can I do to change? How can I show up differently, even when I have a legitimate grievance so that I actually get my needs met? Well, you've obviously crafted something, a career that means so much to you. And talking about getting unstuck, we'd like to give advice to listeners who can learn from you, your journey, and how you got here. You did tell me earlier, you feel like you're continuing to evolve. You're doing more and more, building on your practice. And before we talk about some of the exciting things that you actually are rolling out in the months and the year ahead, I want to dig into what we can learn from your journey. So when you did pull off this professional reset, How did you go about it? You know, a lot of people tell me they journal, they try to network with others, get some questions answered, obviously a lot of research, but yet some people aren't just ready to pull the trigger. It's a daunting task, that kind of upheaval to upend your life and change your career. And also you did this on top of a divorce. So I commend you for all of it. Tell me what we can learn from you, what, what we can apply. For me, it was just taking a leap I didn't do a lot of research. It was a leap of faith. And I think there's something useful to learn in that too. I mean, obviously there are stakes, there's fear. We never are going to feel totally comfortable about these things. Everyone knows that. But I think sometimes you just have to dive in and say, F it, I'm going to go for it. And remind yourself that no matter what happens, you can handle it because you can. Nobody's going to die for most of these choices. So everything else is workable. What's the worst case scenario? I've had coaches tell me that. Yep. And there's something to be learned even in the trial and error phase. Absolutely. Didn't you tell me you did an improv class that served you? For the original thing that I did, becoming a couples therapist, it was just a diving in. But for this next phase, now that I'm working for other things... Okay. I went through Empty Nest. My children are both in college. I've been two years in Empty Nest. And that was the first time I had a moment to think about, okay, what's next now? What's act three in my professional development? And I couldn't figure out what I wanted. I know I love being a couples therapist. I knew I wanted something else too that allowed me to develop other parts of my personality and other sides of myself professionally, but I couldn't figure out what it was. 
So I just started trying some things to develop myself, taking acting classes, improv classes. Improv is the most terrifying thing I've ever done to this day, really, truly. Which it surprises me because you're so comfortable speaking and you, you have this effervescent personality, but you faced a fear there. Big time. I feel like when I'm just sitting talking to someone, I'm so happy and it feels so natural. But when you put me up on stage and I feel as though I have to deliver something, there's a performance mm -hmm. expected and I need to be funny or clever, all bets are off. And I am flooded with internal panic, whether you see it on the outside <laughs> or not. <laughs> Isn't that funny? No, I don't see it. But it's good for you to share that with us because that's that, that's the kind of authenticity I think people really connect to. And we've all had those moments. Getting through them is what makes us grow. Speaking of growth, another thing that you talked about in terms of takeaways and launching or even honing in on what your bucket list career may be, you suggest getting connected to your core self, following the thread to what fulfills you. So tell me a little bit more about that. Expand on that for me. Yeah. Sometimes we don't know what it's going to look like at the surface, but I think the more you connect inside to your essential self, your core self, the you that is there underneath all the layers, all the expectations, all the different parts of self that go out into the world and perform the roles that we all have to carry. We all have them. There's a true north inside your wise, loving adult self, I like to think of it as. And the more you get in relationship with that part, I think the more your truths have room to breathe and they naturally start to rise to the surface. And you bring the most amount of value when you're true to yourself and your passions. So let's talk a little bit about your passion projects that are coming up. You have a book that you're releasing next year. Tell me why now? Why now for the book? And what is the theme of the book? What are you focusing on there? Yes. So thank you for asking because I'm so excited about my book. It is for women on communication and relationships. And in a way, I'm taking a combination of my professional experience, what I've learned as a couples therapist over the years about what works and what doesn't work in communication but also mm -hmm. years of personal experience failing in relationships. I'm happily married now, but I went through many bad relationships, including a divorce, and I learned a lot along the way. And I can look back at my first marriage and say, even though there were things that I felt were not fair that happened that I was very hurt by, I still played a role because it's dynamic in how I communicated about those things that bothered me. And I realized I didn't know how to be assertive. I didn't know how to be vulnerable. I didn't know how to share my feelings and my needs. So I am writing this book for women on how to express your feelings, communicate your needs, create more connection, get out of conflict. And it's what I wish I could have taught my younger self. You know, that's such a valuable way to look at anything. And I actually know that's part of what your podcast may be centered on, which is what would you tell your younger self? And I'm not letting the cat out of the bag. You yeah. did give me permission 
to say that you were working on a podcast as well, which is exciting. I love that we were able to chat all things podcast when we met and we even talked about uh, going to a podcast conference together, which is going to be amazing. It's funny, a lot of guests and I have said, okay, well, are you going to this one in Denver? Are you going to LA? Let's try to align our schedules. This is all very cool. And I think it makes a lot of sense for getting your, your messaging out there, Your community wants to hear more from you, I'm sure. I know you do a lot on social media now with reels. Great advice, I have to say, whether you're married or not. I I really do find a lot of value in what you're putting out there. What is the podcast going to do for you in terms of your goals? Yeah, I'm so excited about the podcast. I feel like this is a way that I can show, just like I'm talking about what I wanted to do, show different parts of my personality and still bring the benefit of the therapist's perspective. I'm going to be co-hosting it with another therapist, and we're really gearing this podcast toward women and not just relationships. But Hmm. the idea is what we're, women at midlife in particular, that certain section of life when you're squeezed by aging parents, your children, if you have children, things are very busy with your kids and maybe the empty nest is looming and you want something more. We really want to take what comes up in therapy, what we're hearing women in that age group say in therapy and make room for a safe conversation where we can explore together those topics that matter to women most. I love that. I had to turn my mic off because my dogs were barking. This is like a comedy act, really. But so many people like you, professionals, are adding podcasts to their plate because it's it's an incredible way to get your message out. Colette, tell me where I can send my listener community to learn more about you, to follow you on social media. And you have a lot of great content out there. So we'll be excited to, to check it out. Where should we go? Okay, so definitely look for me on TikTok, which I'm totally new to and learning from my kids, and on Instagram at Colette Jane Fair is F-E-H-R, not like going to Kentucky, going to the fair. And (laughs) you can go directly to my website where I do have a great newsletter with relationship tips, advice. I have a quiz coming out soon on what is your conflict archetype. Ooh. And I don't know if it'll be called type or archetype. We're still massaging that, but there are four basic types. So, and I'm going to give you some tips on ideas for growth, what's going on inside, where you're getting stuck, how you might show up. So I would love for everyone to take the quiz and give me your feedback, email me, message me. I'm very accessible. I really want to hear from my audience and I want to create content that is meaningful to people and really helps them. So message me, let me know what you're interested in learning about when it comes to relationships and I will really do my best to deliver. That's so important to engage with your community. It's one thing to build it. But when you actually get involved, take the feedback, incorporate what you hear into what you're putting out there. I think that's incredibly meaningful. All right, Colette Jane Fair, thank you so much for doing this with me. It was long overdue, obviously. And so great. Incredibly fun to have you on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I would do anything for you. So Aww. anytime. Well, we're going to be going to the conference soon. I can't wait. So get ready, lady. I'm ready. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Be well. Thanks, Krista. Thank you for joining me here on Bucket List Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie. We'll be back on Thursday with a fresh episode. Until then, be well. 
an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.